0: Welcome to the Bill Bradley Collective on a no longer snowy but snow packed day in uh, beautiful New London, Connecticut. Uh, how are you doing, Zach? Doing well. Yeah, you survived the shoveling. Yeah, <laughs> barely. <laughs> barely. How about you, Andrew?
1: I didn't eat shit walking over here, so that's, uh, that's a <laughs> good start to the to Sunday.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, we had less snow in, in, in beautiful Middletown than we uh, than you had here, and it's I am of an age. I'm glad of that. So, what we're going to talk about today is Condoleezza Rice as part of our women's season you know this is someone who has if not bridged at different parts of her life a uh, straddled both politics and sports um and we're going to get into that today she was born in 1954 uh in a Jim Crow Alabama which seemed to shape some, but not all of her life. Uh, she talks about her being, herself being an absolutist on the Second Amendment because she remembers her father sitting on the porch when the Ku Klux Klan was coming by with a gun, and that was the way he protected himself. She also talks about why she was a Republican, which was because when her father went to vote in 1952, the Democrats would not sign him up, but the Republicans would. Uh, this does not show much understanding of what happened to the Republican Party post Four, 14 years later. Right. Post the Nixon Southern strategy. Yeah. You know, I mean, that changed everything. Okay. Um, but not Condoleezza Rice didn't change her. Yeah. 19, 1967, the parties realign on racial issues. Right. And, and intentionally. Intentionally, yeah. They, right. The, both, both Republicans and Democrats intentionally said, we're on the wrong side of this. The Democrats morally and the Republicans electorally. Yeah. And uh, so, she then heads off to the University of Denver, gets her master's at Notre Dame, gets her doctorate at the University of Denver, and then, Zach, where is she heading off to then? Then she starts a career working uh, in several administrations, she gets into the
2: involved in the Carter administration, really works around in politics, but the big thing is, in 2001, she is appointed the national security advisor for one George W. Bush. Um,
0: Wasn't she Secretary of State then?
2: She was Secretary no, was of State in 2005. Co- okay. Co- uh, Colin Powell Colin Powell was Secretary right, of State right. in 2001. Um, she becomes the highest-ranking African-American woman uh, in politics, in our government at that point. And then almost immediately, I mean, by September of that year uh, has shown – the issues in her competence um, in this position as 9-11 happens uh, where, you know, 3,000 people die. And she goes in front of the hearings in Congress and openly says that she had a folder on her desk that said bin Laden determined to
0: attack within the United States. So I want to back up a little bit because we kind of brush through this young African-American woman, not, not, not Ivy League educated. I mean, nothing against yeah, the University Dame. of Denver uh, or Notre Dame, but a doctor from the University of Denver is usually not the gateway to anything. And in the HW administration, in the HW administration, yeah. the first George Bush administration, the better of the two, George HW Bush was okay. He
1: was uh, all right.
0: Yeah, he's he's in in the, in the soft middle of of presidents. She become she is uh, an expert on Soviet and and. Uh, Eastern European relations at the exact time the Soviet Union finally crumbles. Yeah, her doctorate was in international studies, right? Right. And so what what drew me to this is, first of all, she went from a liberal Democrat administration to a conservative or moderate Republican administration. I mean, HW is a moderate. Yes, uh, especially compared, compared to Reagan, com- compared to compared to ev- the Republican before him and every Republican after him. He's a moderate. Yeah, um, but she was super critical of the Carter administration's foreign policy. The uh, which is what got her involved with the people who made her career move forward because they're criticizing him, especially George Schultz. George Shultz was the Secretary of State under Reagan. Um, believe he was indicted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a horrifying human being in every way, shape, or form. But he took a shining to Condoleezza Rice, got her involved, I think, with the Hoover, uh, uh, Hoover what is it called? Institution. Hoover Institution for the first time. Uh, she's still involved in it now. And kind of brought her along as... A protege, and, and Andrew, correct me if I'm wrong, but as I, I read her biography, and I didn't I did not read her autobiography. Cliff notes. I I read I read multiple websites because I couldn't I could not get through the autobiography. There's no way I'm reading an autobiography of no. her. But it doesn't it seem to you like her ability to cozy up to power and get mentored by power is a thing that kind of unites both her political career and her sports career
1: i want to first correct myself i think i said hoover institution it's hoover institute yeah it is it's it's institute, hoover institute, right? so let the record um right for people who want to change donate. the record yeah. <laughs> yeah and if you want to donate don't it's very curious and it's no surprise that in between hw bush and w that that she ends up being such a huge part of the second bush administration H. W. famously sort of introduces Rice to Mikhail Gorbachev and says, "This is the gal that keeps me abreast of everything going on with you guys." Um, she cozies up to Reagan's Secretary of State, George H. W. Bush. Later, she's in 2000. She's one of the huge big policy advisors coming into Bush's campaign for president, with the likes of what Paul Wolfowitz and all of these, you know, these neocons. Um, and the same thing, like you said, it it she. In, in, we'll get to the sports stuff. I kind of okay. want to leave that yeah. alone. No, well, yeah, but well, that, that's a great point. Um, like so, the way she gets to know Schultz
0: is she meets Schultz. He really likes her. Schultz is working for Chevron, or Chevrolet. Actually, I think it's a Chevron corporation. Yeah. And they want to do um, some development, project, uh, project development in, I think it's Kazakhstan. And she knows, because of her time in the H.W. administration, she knows the president of Kazakhstan. So she goes, she gets put on the board of directors from Chevron. Youngest person ever being on the board of directors. I'm sure sure the first African-American. First African-American woman to be on that. And every single time you read anything about Condoleezza Rice, she is the first African-American woman, too, because she travels in the circles that African-American women do not travel.
2: Yeah, it's in all all these conservative (laughs) posts or conservative administrations, and you just realize, like, I was trying to think of, like, an analogy of somebody in sports that was great, but was always on the wrong side of every issue, and they were like... And I was thinking, like, Kurt Schilling. Like, she reminded me (laughs) a lot of Kurt Schilling.
0: Like, just very impressive. Where he's bouncing around from playoff... Or David Wells, bouncing around from playoff team to playoff team. But in reality, just for the wrong reasons. (laughs) Like... I kind of like David Wells, but still. Yeah, um, but um, so she, and obviously, she makes a shit ton of money on this Chevrolet deal, the Chevron deal, that is moves her up a whole nother level because she is the person that that is able to get this deal done, and of course, you know, as you said, this gets her fast tracked into the George W. Bush. Team, by the way, and aside, when I was on jury duty, the alternate that was always there was a Yale professor in the political science history department. And his office mate was Paul Wolfkowitz. Yeah. And he said Wolfkowitz, he said, he's a very bright guy and a very nice guy. He said he has the worst judgment. On every single aspect of his life, that you could imagine, he said, "If you looked at the women he dated, you would understand why he also believed we should attack Iraq because he has no judgment." And it was just it was this cool guy that was asleep all the time because he knew he was going <laughs> to get on the he knew he wasn't going to get on the case. But I hung out with him because I was reading Barbara Tuckman's. uh not the Guns of August uh her book about leadership. And he this guy was actually quoted in the book. So it's like, oh, I'm quoted in that book. All right. So yeah. He, he was, but anyway, that was that was my jury duty story. You know, it, it also is interesting that like her ability to make
2: millions of dollars on a corporate deal, and I'm sure they were extracting Resources out of Kazakhstan that the Kazakhstani people are seeing no benefit from and are only getting exploited, as Chevron is wont to do. And how that gets her, like that launches her into Bush's circle, not
0: the other stuff. Well, yeah. It's the corporate deal. Mm. Yeah, right. Well, one of the things we forget about W, because the administration was so terrible, but he ran as a compassionate conservative. He coined the phrase. That's the phrase he used. He did bring in African Americans to the two highest places they've ever been in government. Yes. That was W. The problem with W is he was intellectually lazy and just lazy. And so he let other people run the government because it seemed like a lot of work. And the people he allowed basically to run the government we're Dick Cheney, and I guess today, with at least over the last five years, if you squint real hard, you can see some mildly redeeming, not redeeming, mildly positive things about Cheney, Cheney, he's not redeemable because he created a war that killed tens and tens of thousands of people throughout the world for no apparent reason. And he, he also advocated for torture. So, But, like, I could see sometimes, like, he did stand... Like, he seems like a good dad. The other guy was Rumsfeld. Who was who a monster. <laughs> and is, he used
2: to stand. He wouldn't say this, that he would stand for, like, 12 hours a day, which is psychotic.
0: Right. He also... He is super critical of Condoleezza Rice. In his memoir, What is Known and Unknown, a memoir by Rumsfeld, um, the the What is Known pages were much shorter than What is Unknown. But anyway, who he describes as being weak, too young for the job, a little weak, not intellectually up, up to it, and in my favorite phrase found on the internet, she also didn't seem to know her place, which he actually has said as a white man to a black woman.
2: Yeah, like I can't
0: I can't imagine
2: her time in the Bush administration was fun. I mean, she gets appointed to be Secretary of the State, which put her fourth in line for the presidency. Um, but, but her time as National Security Advisor, I mean, we're starting two imperialist wars at the same time functionally based on she's, a based on a lack of action on the intelligence that
0: she actively had. And, and she's act she actively supports and actively efforts. supports uh, she, well, she supports, well, still does. She, she supports waterboarding. She, she, she is the one who coined the phrase the smoking gun cannot be a mushroom cloud. Which is a great phrase mm-hmm. but it's also insane because it's a at some level acknowledging we don't have any evidence yet, but God forbid we get the evidence. Um, but she also, um, she also was just, you know, the next administration secretary of state was Hillary Clinton. Well, the power of Hillary Clinton in the Obama administration and the power of Condoleezza Rice in the Bush administration is like there's no comparison. Because it was Rumsfeld's show. Yeah, Rumsfeld was the most Rumsfeld was the most powerful Secretary of Defense leader since Kissinger. And I can't. I I don't. Is that even an opinion? I, I can, who Who else would you put there? No, it's it's clearly. I mean, Rumsfeld.
2: You can see Rumsfeld's fingerprints all over everything. I mean, he was writing memos about torture, and they were just actively doing it.
0: But what the person who went to the CIA? To George Tennant, who was against this, and said, "No, this is the Bush administration policy." Was Condoleezza Rice that her and, and this just keeps like her willingness to sell herself? See, it's, it's very hard to say because we're four white guys. It's I, hard I, I think to say trying,
2: the, the will, her willingness to compromise on her values or morals in order to ascertain power or carry the water for more powerful people
0: is problematic or or maybe what we think her values should be maybe those are her values maybe she doesn't give a shit but yeah maybe she thought we should torture people i mean
2: there well, is there I, is I, a, advocated for there is I mean. a certain aspect of this which is if they tell you who they are believe them <laughs> and the the one thing that i think i was reading when i was doing my research on this the one thing I've kept coming across is how much I wanted to like Condoleezza Rice, that how much I thought, like, wow, she is an incredibly impressive person. But if you advocate for torture, there is no redeeming. There is no redemption. You are just painted by that. You are somebody who would commit torture against, innocent. I mean, a largely innocent civilians where they were torturing.
0: Yeah, I mean, and the unbelievable reduction in the stature of the United States... It's, it's really it, worldwide yes it's the responsibility of two administrations because if you remember obama was greeted like christ going into like, like you know uh, you know uh with the palms um but w just frittered it all away by behaving
1: horrifyingly i think 4 years of trump that felt more like 10 really just kind of not that we f- not that we forgot about the, the, the sins of the Bush administration, but if, if we hadn't if if the Republican if if we had not degenerated to Trump, I, I, I just don't think we're nearly as kind of kid gloves with Bush as a country as a. Oh, I I
2: I I, I think that because of Trump, people forget all the I, horrifying things I that happened so. under the Bush I, administration. They, you know, the they, they, they forget Bush sitting on the floor of Congress and saying. Um, that we need a constitutional amendment against gay marriage, like and they. By forget, the way, and, which
0: she's against. Which she's she's against.
2: against. But they for, But they also forget like all the horrifying things that the people in his administration also did. Well, like well, the, the one. The difference in Trump's administration and Bush's administration is Trump didn't have a Rumsfeld. He didn't have a Cheney. He didn't have um, a Condoleezza Rice who who could bring a level of
0: competence and
2: in right. sa- salience
0: to. See, like, position. Rumsfeld was horrifying. He wasn't incompetent. Like, mm-hmm. Rumsfeld ran that department. Like, the Trump administration is a whole other thing because the best, uh, the the Republican standard bearers who had been there from Reagan to Reagan through to H.W. through Bush, that whole generation wouldn't work for Trump. And so you ended up with, yeah, I mean... I think, I I always, when I think about the presidents, and I say always, so I I realize I had to do this recently, you have to separate post-Civil War and pre-Civil War because there's no way to talk about people who supported slavery. Yes. So, post-Civil War, to my mind, the worst presidents in order, this is for Sean Derby, is uh, because we have to rank everything. This is what men do. The worst is Trump. The second worst is W, the third worst is Harding, is Hoover, the fourth worst is Harding, and the fifth worst is Rutherford B. Hayes because they all did terrible things.
2: Yeah, I just want to but talk Bush about-
0: Well, Bush is terrible. I just want to talk about the Hoover Institute for a second because I've been meaning to make
2: this point for a bit and I was going to wait until we got back to it later. Herbert Hoover was a horrifying president who crashed our economy and people lived in box houses. In college, we used to have this thing called <laughs> Hoovervilles where students would go sleep outside to reenact- Uh, The horrors that were the Hoover administration. And she was in charge, and she's in charge
0: of it. That is her current uh, position. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Who would want to be in charge of that? And and this is the thing that we keep coming back to. It's like, we are, I think, predisposed, the four of us are predisposed to give the benefit of the doubt to people who blaze trails for other people to follow. Like, that's hard to do. Jesus, like it's 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 a rough go. So let's get into. You mentioned it. She did the. Uh, she spoke on the UN floor, talking about, or, or she's talking to U.S. Congress. Congress. She's talking to Congress that that she acknowledged she had this uh, this information. Now, some of this, I give her a break. On I think like they probably have a ton of information, and a lot of it is you're know yeah. not true. It's like, it's like when you watch those shows on Netflix about serial killers, and they say, and yet they had this tip. Well, they had ten thousand tips. Like, yeah. it's like that's worse than none. Um, it, yeah, it,
2: it, you know, her role in the Iraq War, and this is, you know, to Andrew's point, I think in time, and especially after Trump, these people that were responsible for twenty years of war, um. And one war that we're still actively engaged in, is in time they get kind of viewed with these rose colored glasses. People forget that she advocated for both of these wars and she's gotten nothing but kind of accolades after this. I mean, she's she's
1: still she was on the Manning cast this season. Selling the 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 selling of, of the Iraq war, namely to the American public. It's a tougher sell when the face is Donald Rumsfeld, Dick Cheney, George Bush. One of when one of those other public faces is Condoleezza Rice, younger, and African American, charismatic, charismatic. And, Colin an and Colin Powell,
2: and Colin Powell, a bit of an easier African American, charismatic, and, younger. And like. it's, it's it's
1: almost like this unified kind of not bipartisan, but a what's the word I'm looking for? It's well,
2: it, it, it's in the white mindset. It's like a third party validator, right? That's,
0: yep. Thank yes, you. that's that's well put. And and Colin Powell, at the end of his life, expressed real regret, like he he was against it at the time he still did it. I will give him some break because the military is taught that you just do what you're told um but but he expressed real regret. she's never expressed any remorse at all no she still thinks she's right like she still thinks she was right she's she's in the she's in the category of like the
2: Cheneys and Rumsfelds where they just look at that and go yeah we did the exact right thing it's no regret and mm-hmm. one of the things I want to talk about when she was Secretary of State, Uh, Which 2005, she was appointed to that. She was his last one. She served all the way to the end. Uh, Was this policy she had in the Middle East, which was kind of this continuation of the imperial policy that they had in the Iraq and Afghanistan war, which is to basically force American values, force American democracy onto countries that don't have that style of government, don't have have different values, have very different cultures. And it was called what? Transformational diplomacy. Trans-
0: transformational diplomacy is the word. Yep. Where
2: uh, she wanted to bring instill these values into the Middle East, um, and the Greater Middle East, at the same time as supporting our closest ally, Saudi Arabia. At the same time, supporting another close ally, Egypt, which is when they were still authoritarian. This was before the um, what are they? The Mus- it, the, the the Muslim the, Spring, where, the Spring, the Arab Spring, the Arab Spring. Right,
0: it was Mubarak's Egypt. Uh, yeah, and worse than that. She also agreed that we should overthrow the Palestinian election of Hamas. Yeah, Be- Hamas because uh, Hamas, uh, Hamas because Hamas. <laughs> <laughs> because she hated chickpeas. Chickpeas yeah. for no. all. Hamas. Yeah, there was no intellectual consistency there at all. No, and maybe that's where Rumsfeld's coming from because Rumsfeld was nothing if not intellectually consistent. I am evil. I don't give a shit I'm evil. My evil will help the country. Yeah, And, like, so Rumsfeld was, like, the perfect arch-villain. And I think because of that, and because she is affable, she went on The View. She does stuff that, like, Rumsfeld would never have done in a million years. She wasn't, you know, she wasn't Steve Carell from from Despicable Me, that
1: she was... Y- you know, somehow given a break on all of this. Steve Carell, who plays Donald Rumsfeld in Vice, the, the Dick Cheney movie. And does uh, he? Ironically, yes, he does. Oh, I didn't know and that. Like, yeah, it's, it's ghastly, <laughs> yeah. It's a great performance, but it's, yeah. I think... Paul, <laughs> who, who directed... Was that a, <laughs> That's Adam McKay. Oh, okay, McKay, not Sarkin, okay.
2: I think part of <laughs> what what gives her this pass on stuff is what also launches into her career in sports. And her... Um. Now, was she... Was she appointed to be the college football playoff chair before? She was rumored to be the Browns coach or after. I thought the well, Browns before, coach was well before, before well before. Well okay, before. before.
0: So we're going to turn to you now, Andrew. 2013. She is the first election on the new playoff committee. College football playoff right. committee. Yeah, and, and so I'm going to you know this is, this is your Balowick, so you're going to No,
1: um Okay, we're transitioning out of the BCS here, um, which was just the point of just so much consternation in the... Um, in, in really the sporting world. The idea of trying to have a, a, a sole national championship game, picking, selecting two teams to play for this, what I consider mythical national title. The college football playoff, the idea is it's going to be... we're going to expand from two to four. We're still going to have to pick four teams versus two teams. So there's still there's still going to be somebody left out. There's still going to be whining and bitching and moaning about who gets left out and the criteria and so on and so forth to appoint Condoleezza Rice to chair this committee. That essentially the sole responsibility on paper should be to try to f- quantify who the four best four most deserving college football teams are that are that are worthy of playing in this playoff that we chose this this career politician and, and and to to head this committee, it's a, it's a farce. It's a farce. Like what? So and do we want to get into?
2: I, do we want to get into what she claimed her qualifications were? Sure, because <laughs> those are farcical too. Please, yeah. She she's when when pressed on this because there was controversy around picking her. She said that she watches, uh, fourteen to fifteen college football games uh, on Saturday and then tapes the games on Sunday, which. If you do the math, as uh, my dad has, there is more time. That is actually more hours than
0: is left in a weekend. Yeah, you can't watch fourteen college football games in a weekend because the average football game is three and a half hours. Unless she only watched Army and Navy game. Like those were. She always watched Army and Navy.
1: Oh, yeah. Serving as national security advisor, serving as secretary of state gives you as much right. To try to appraise college football teams as anybody sitting at this table, how is that a qualification? Like, how is that? Like, well, she's so, she's a dignitary. So, I was thinking
0: about the, Go ahead.
2: It, it it seems like they wanted because I, I was thinking a lot about this when I was reading. Because I'm sitting there, like, why the hell? What, like, what is the point of this? And I think they wanted something to legitimize the to legitimize the committee and the only way they thought how to do it was to get somebody from the bush administration i guess but to get like a political person that can act as oh there's actual there's look there's there's legitimacy there's checks and balances so, yeah so, there's so, legitimacy so, here so the thing for but me but it doesn't make any, but it doesn't make any sense so the thing
0: for me is i look at and i'm thinking like all right 2013 first of all 2013 is after obama's re-election yep. so i'm mean, like you know the, the Bush administration, most people in the Bush administration have already kind of fallen into disgrace. Um, or if not disgrace, at least a kind of public raising of the eyebrows about them, which seems she seems to have avoided. We'll get to this in a minute. But there's also um, the... I was thinking about this, and I think, all right, to 2013... If you want to bring in a woman, where are the women? You know, are there really women who are powerful in sports media and sports sports landscape? I mean, this is pre Mina Kimes, who's probably but it's post Lindsay Jones. I mean, Lindsay Jones is is nationally known is a nationally known football person, not college.
1: Is she not the president of the Pro Football Writers Association? She is now. Yeah, she is now now
0: right um she is you know there are some women not to the extent there are in 2021 but there are some women who have some sports bona fides whereas her like her sports bona fides is she's always been a football fan and like i don't know i feel like by 13 a lot of Men accepted that women like football. Like, I don't know. It seems like something that would have made more sense seven years before than what it did, although I remember when it happened thinking, Wow, they got Condoleezza Rice. Like, you know, like that's how that was my reaction. Like, wow, first of all, she's available for this and secondly, you know so I don't know. What did you think, Zach?
2: I thought she was picked to give them to give the committee a name, to give them something that's not just look. There's, we will be fair and impartial. We will have somebody evaluate this. That's not going to be in, in you know beholden to the SEC or the ACC or um, the Mountain West. Although they were worried about West. they were not worried about the Mountain West. I really no. wish there were more people beholden to the Mountain West Conference, so <laughs> we could see some more Air Force Boise State games. That's best, best, best. It's it's my favorite conference. In college football, but, but I think it's it's also just missed. Like I remember when they got her, I just remember thinking because I was younger and you know closer to like the Iraq War, as I knew like a lot of people that had come back already right. that had served,
1: thinking like, what the fuck are they doing <laughs> with her? Like, what what is the point of this? Like, right. I, it 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 just stunned me. To both your points, Um, and this is where it really shines through her her ability to attach herself to to power and influence, and to your point, like the fact that we're going to put Condoleezza Rice in this position and to the general public, you think credibility. It almost was meant to give it credibility. And I think, and I don't want to transition out of this, but also she is one of the two first female members of the Augusta National Golf Club, host of the uh, world's most, I guess, high profile golfing tournament, the Masters. And the first person
0: Um, really, well, maybe the the third person in Augusta who's a, a black and not carrying a bag.
1: After Lee Elder and uh, Tiger. I, got, I got her about fourth or fifth, but yeah, <laughs> close, close. Um, and that and that decision by Augusta, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. Just sort of reeks of. See, well, we have to we have to admit one, so we're going to admit one that has kind of she, a similar worldview. Sure, she's black, but she's also know, every, she's one she's one of us, acceptable to white people. She's every, acceptable.
0: Every racist yep. says, "But I have a black front. That's Condoleezza plays that role. For an incredible number of powerful racists, um, in my and the thing that just, the thing that just slapped me across the face as I was researching this, um, uh, was Rice's comment. Many like she's not there anymore, but she said recently, "This is a group of people with no individual agendas," which is the most bullshit thing ever. I'm sorry, referring to whom? <laughs> The, the college football group. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because uh, of course no, referring to Augusta. No, but I mean, of course <laughs> of course say, they Augusta? have individual agendas because they represent the major conferences. They're power brokers. But yeah. she doesn't see like I wish Tony Morrison was still alive so she could interview her and write a book about her. Because she doesn't see like she she just hooks herself to power and says but this is where objectivity is you know if we could say anything about the college football you know uh whatever it's called cfp the fact that they they don't have their own agenda is not one of them you know they kept like like it took everything in their power to accept cincinnati yeah like like they had no choice to accept cincinnati mm. cincinnati was fine they were probably i don't know maybe the third best team in the country like they were fine. They were certainly the top four.
1: They gave Alabama as good a game as anyone any, was giving them. Yeah, minus Georgia, and you know.
0: Yeah, right. They gave them a, a reasonable game. Yeah. They covered. Like it was fine. Like, yeah, they didn't cover. Oh, they didn't cover. They did cover. Oh, they, oh, that's right.
1: Late, <laughs> they didn't cover. Right. Yeah.
0: But uh, yeah. But
2: I mean, she she recently in November did an interview uh, where she said that she believes in the four team playoff for college football. Yeah. It's still over the six oh, rather than the six team, which you know, similar to her. Not backing down on her opinion of Iraq is the wrong opinion. It's better that we, it's better that we have six teams in the playoffs than
0: it is we have four because it allows a team like Cincinnati to get in. She also, and you brought this up earlier, Zach, was mentioned in passing to be the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. She
2: had a, she has as much qualification to be the coach of the Cleveland Browns as she does to be chair of the CFP. <laughs>
0: like why not well because she didn't watch 14 and a half pro she didn't watch 14 pro games the <laughs> she, weekend. She, she wasn't getting through 14 browns <laughs> games so and this had to be one of the weirdest stories now she immediately said she had no interest in this and immediately said but she would like to make a couple of calls because she would like to say no prevent defense which is an easy joke but like you have to play prevent defense sometimes. Um, like, like you, uh, Greg, ask Greg Williams. Should you play well, prevent yeah. defense? Ask, ask the Bills last week but they lost the <laughs> 13 seconds if
1: you should be in a prevent defense. But, but uh, there's an op-ed printed, uh, published. I'm sorry, at CNN.com from right around where the talk of her being a candidate for the Browns job and what this op-ed says is that forget forget Condoleezza's coach, Condoleezza for commissioner that I'm in favor of right that one because first of all she could
0: not do a worse job than Roger Goodell not humanly possible. she wait wait he is he you could move three decimal points and he would be the worst at his job of anyone no you can move six decimal points there's no one making $44,000 a year who is as bad at his job as Roger Goodell he's making $44 million a year so that's three decimal points but still um, I could see that. Also, everybody's a Republican, so they would probably do what she said, except she would be on all their boards, so that nothing would happen. But anyway, yeah.
1: Nothing would change, really. Nothing, so, no.
0: <laughs> so we've looked at kind of her her
2: storied political career. We've looked at her ignominious sports career. Is that, would that be the right term?
0: I would say her political career was ignominious, and her sports career was irrelevant. <laughs> we'll go with that.
2: And she- so, so where do we, like after, after we've all looked at her, we've all talked about, where do we, what do we kind of put her? Where's, where's our thoughts on her? I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about a lot of powerful and influential women, uh, this season. We're talking about a lot of women that had a lot of accomplishments. Um, where do you think con Condoleezza falls in your opinion?
1: It's really complicated. Um, I find it just interesting. That's all not that, Never married, no children. One of named numerous times by Time Magazine as one of the world's most influential people. This and that. Condoleezza Rice to me is somebody that it was is just one hundred percent committed to like advancing herself and advancing her career, whether it be in the political sphere and kind of this, you know, to have to be the chair of the CFP. That's a pretty influential job in sports. Um. To be, to be the first female member at Augusta National, that's a, that's a pretty serious benchmark in history. And I think that's, to me, she's obsessed with kind of her own success. So you put her... Not so much ego. how she's perceived, but I, yes. I'm not even saying that as a fault either. But I think she's obsessed with her idea of success. Yeah, I mean, achieving I
2: think, that. I think if you look at her accolades, like, you know, up until uh, Kamala Harris, the most... Uh, powerful African-American woman that's ever existed in our government is an it's a massive accomplishment. You know, I, I think that's, um, you can't ignore that. And, uh, you can't ignore also what she did both in her position as national security advisor and in her position as secretary of state and the things that she's responsible for, that she advocated for that we're still reverberating around today. But for some reason, um, and I think a lot of it is due to the fact that she was young and charismatic. Uh, she, Gets viewed with the rosiest of colored glasses, I think, in hindsight from a lot of people. And um, she's rode that into a pretty good influential career in sports. I mean, being chair of the CFP is,
1: like you said, that's no joke. You're basically the commissioner of college football. She set out, and she is. She's one of the most influential women in our history. And that's what she set out to be. Yeah. That's what That was her. Uh, and and, you know, and, like, she, and it, it was tough to not read about her and not
2: want to like her because you're reading about this incredibly accomplished person with this great resume
0: and then at the end of the day you're like man everything she did just sucked well the thing she the person she reminded me of most when I read it was George H.W. Bush there's a great Doonesbury cartoon about going back to you know when Reagan was shot in 1981 and um they're on the plane. It's just a picture of a plane. And someone says, you know, oh, Mr. Vice President, the president was shot. He was incapable of taking of, of um, running the government. So you were in charge, but he is now back. And he said, so you mean I was acting president for a while? And, and the guy said, yes. He goes, wow, that'll look great on my resume. And that is, at some level, Condoleezza Rice. The difference is. Difference is George H.W. Bush was the son of a senator, and she was a black, young black woman from Alabama. You can't you can't dismiss that. You also, it has also given her a pass with liberals. And, you know, I know what the title of this show is going to be. And, you know, on 30 Rock, which is Created, written, and run by Tina Fey, who is an unapologetic super liberal. Condoleezza Rice is on the show. She's a reoccurring joke in the show. Has a prominent, kind of a prominent role. Kind of a a prominent role. I mean, she's not in the show except a couple, one or two times, but she's mentioned a lot, and it's okay. And I don't know where to draw that line because I've never lived that life. Cory Bush, for example, the, the representative from St. Louis, has actively refused that role. But Cory Bush is 20 years later. Yeah. And, you know, if you blaze a trail, I don't know how critical we can be about how you walk the trail you blazed. But um, she is, I think, one of the most interesting people in the history of the United States. Like, she's just interesting. There's a lot there. There's a lot going on. And nobody really knows her. No one ever says, you know, oh, I know Condoleezza Rice super well, and this is how she feels about stuff. The go-go bordello of our <laughs> Just a
2: lot happening. <laughs> you are not really sure if you like it or not, but there's just a lot going oh, on. Oh, no, no, I'm sure I, I mean, like yeah, Google Google bordello. mean, <laughs> we're always sure we like, but.
0: All right, so, um, yeah, I, I didn't know how this one was going to go because, like, like we did Renee Montgomery. It's impossible not to love Renee Montgomery. You know, we've done other characters. People, it's like it's impossible not to love them, impossible not to admire them. It is absolutely possible not to admire Condoleezza Rice, but it's hard to not acknowledge it. Like acknowledge your
1: stuff there. Does Obama beat McCain in 08 if Rice runs with McCain? If Rice is McCain's VP instead of Sarah Palin, does Obama who wins that yes. election? I, I
2: I I think um no I think I'm just curious. I think Obama still wins. I think it's a hell of a lot closer. I don't think it's the, one of the largest electoral blowouts we've ever seen because one of the biggest things <clears throat> that uh, McCain struggled with was Sarah Palin just being an absolute moron and that, you know, Condoleezza Rice would probably clean Joe Biden's clock in a debate. and uh,
0: Obama ran in large extent, certainly in the primary against the fact that he opposed the war, and Hillary supported it. It, it, Uh, And also, you know what? I mean, the Republican Party of 2022 seems vastly different from the Republican Party of 2008, but is it? The cracks were (laughs) there. Like, is a black woman going to run on a
1: Republican ticket and win in the South? I just wonder... 2008 she's exiting the bush administration and she doesn't really do anything in, po- in politics electoral politics per se after that but in 08 what if she decides to get involved i guess that's why i'm yeah like, what is her future if she does decide to be a vp what if she decides to run in 12 i during the research that was kind of because if she was always speculated well they're, yeah they're always, she was spec- always showing up well, in polls and, but well, she never actu- actually and ran actually or,
0: powell was speculated more than she was but yes yeah no.
1: Just a question I had for you boys. Yeah, uh,
0: no, that's, a, that, that's an interesting question. You know, that's a historical what if. I I do not think a Republican could have won in 2008. But anyway, so with that, we're going to say goodbye to Condoleezza Rice. And I doubt if we'll ever mention her again in this episode, no matter how many more years this show runs. But still, uh, it was um, a welcome trip down a, a very interesting person's life and uh, – We'll see you next week on the Bill Bradley Collective. Thank you for joining
2: us on the Bill Bradley Collective. If you enjoyed the episode, subscribe on all podcast platforms and give us a like on Facebook as well. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week on the Bill Bradley Collective.